0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you can get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash T Unfiltered. That's BetterHelp.com slash T Unfiltered. Welcome to the T Unfiltered podcast. My name is Brianna Dean and I am your host Today, we have a guest. Her name is Crystal J, and Crystal is the empowerment goddess. She is also a trauma recovery coach. She helps women who have suffered from abandonment, loneliness, and are trying to find a purpose in life find their way. Crystal, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, tell me a little bit about yourself and what started your journey.
1: I would say my journey started as me being a bigger sister. So I am the oldest of all my siblings. And with the siblings I grew up with, the first one under me is 10 years younger than me. And so with her, when she started getting into like middle school and high school, Of course, you know, that, you know, she's 12, 14, you know, I'm in my 20s. And so, you know, going through the obstacles that she was going through with figuring out who she was, um, how to deal with friendships and all the other kind of stuff, I kind of helped guide her along that way. And in that process, I would always tell her, learn from my lessons, learn from those. I experienced them first, so you don't have to experience the ones that left stuff behind I want you to learn I want you to be better than me and so that's kind of how it all got started um, because as that grew and she started learning more and more she'd be like oh you need to go talk to my sister you know let me call my sister or come over and you can talk to my sister and so then along the way I ended up with with other little sisters. (laughs) And then sometimes I would get, um, parents, you know, I'll get like the moms will call and and we'll talk and, and stuff. And so it kind of, that that's kind of how it grew. Yeah. It, It was all like, you know, word of mouth like that. And so like, I just help people get my knowledge because I'm one who is very open. I will share my experiences and be like, take those lessons from it. I'm a person who is like, if you ask me something, I'm going to, if I have something that's similar, i am be like, okay, well, when something similar, like whatever the situation was, and I'll tell them the story and I'll tell them what happened. And, you know, I'll be like, so, you know, choose what you do the, you know, maybe I could have done this and this could have been better or this could have happened just to kind of guide them. And then if they'd be like, okay, well, I'm still stuck, then I'm like, okay, well, what do you think we can do? And kind of help walk them along. I'm not a person to be like, well, you need to do this and you should do this. Because I feel like everybody's journey is a little bit different, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's how I got started. And then along the way, like I said, I, I started getting, you know, word of mouth. And then it came to a point to where I finally, um, I well, finally, it's not a good thing, but it's kind of a good thing. I ended up having a mental breakdown myself. And I was like, okay, like, this is not what it is. And during that mental breakdown, it was my husband and my kids that was, that was like taking care of me. My oldest is in the military. So he was, you know, off and he's gone. So he's calling and he's like telling me on the phone, mom, mom, get up, do this. Mom, get up, do that. Or have you ate? Have you did, have you drunk? Have you, you know, just making sure I got the basics done during this time because I was in the, I was in the bed. And I didn't want to get up. I yeah. didn't have the energy to even get up if I wanted to get up. And I was just like, just there, you know? And so like, it was like every now and then, like, I'm like, okay, I'm smelling myself. Let me get in the shower. Get in the shower, get right back, get back in the bed. And that was it. And so like my husband and my kids were like, you know, making me eat, making me Drink sips of water and stuff like that. And it was literally just bites of food and sips of water. It was nothing really that I was really putting into my body or doing for myself. Like I was done at that point. Like after a couple of weeks, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm not sleeping. Like, and then like when I was sleeping, I was always waking up screaming or I was waking up in the middle of a anxiety attack. And I was like, this this can't continue to go on. And so that's when um, I one night in real night. I just logged on to my doctor's portal and made me a virtual appointment for the next day. And I sat there and the doctor met with me. And I was like, look, this is what's going on. And I need help. Like, I don't want to live like this. I miss moving around. I miss doing the things that I'm usually doing. I'm like, I'm usually the one that's uplifting everybody and everything else. And I'm like, I can't do this. And so, you know, she gave me medications to start, and was like, "I'm gonna put you in for a psychiatrist." But you know, everybody right now has a wait lists, and it was like six months long.
0: Yeah, well, what year was this?
1: Um, it was, oh my goodness, not too long ago,
0: 2020, 2021. <laughs> I'm asking because I'm wondering if it was, um, especially the long wait list have to do with the pandemic no it was
1: it was definitely it was like I want to say it was like right after or when it was calming down from the pandemic yeah was when it was happening and it was it was long because I think uh, with the pandemic the world changed for everybody yeah for a long time some of us were stuck in our houses yeah you know and so not really getting ready to Go out and meet with people and talk with people, and everything else was hard for a lot of people. And, like with me, I was an emergency dispatcher. And so I was still, you know, one that had to still work and everything else. And I was grateful for that. But just hearing people suffer from COVID Mm -hmm. um, in that capacity is something that you will never forget.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember when people be like, oh, it's not real. And I'm like, oh, yes, it's real. Yeah. You know, I I had a lot of people that I knew myself and that they, they were like, it's not real. And I'm like, oh, yes, it is. I hear the calls. I hear the breathing. I hear that stuff, you know. Yeah. And I was like, it's it's definitely real, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, we went through we went through that. And so, you know, and I think that and I think that's when mental health finally came to the forefront and people started realizing that mental health is real. Yeah before that it was more of a you are okay or you will be okay or get over it type of attitude that people will always give and it's like no it's not okay. And for someone like me one thing that I r- realized when I was recovering is that it was more of I was suffering in silence. Yeah. I couldn't go to the people who came to me Because they already had a full plate and I couldn't like, you know, I couldn't really just, I couldn't just, just be out there and just give it, give it everything and just tell people like, look, I'm struggling too. This is what I'm going through. Can you help me when I'm like, I already know where your world is and that you're at the point to where you're like, I can't handle this myself. And so, you know, a lot of us at that time, you know, a lot of, especially people who if you're like the one that everybody goes to, a lot of times we are the ones who don't have the people to go to ourselves. Yeah. For me, suffering in silence looked like when I was on my way to work, you know, in the car by myself. Those are my crying sessions to get things out. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> you know, and there's a couple of times where I- I'd be like, you know what? I need something from the store. I didn't know what I was going to get from the store, but I needed something from the store just so I could get that break. So yeah. I can have that little, that, that that little breakdown of recover real quick. And those were, you know, those are the things that I was doing, you know? And there's plenty of times to where I was in the shower and I was like breaking down on Boohoo crying because I knew the sound of the shower would cover that to where yeah. no one would hear me. And yeah. so it was a real struggle not being able to get out there and be like, hey, this is what's going on with me too. You know, because like people always like, I've always been one ever since high school, I've participated in therapy. And so in that process, they helped me get back to my baseline to where I'm feeling fine and I'm doing okay. and, And whatever trauma or incident that I was dealing with at that moment wasn't no longer really like on top and suffocating me. And then I was able to just move on until the next thing. And I think it was, you know, so it was very helpful, but I was never really taught how to truly like really heal from it or how to what to do when the next thing came. Yeah. And it was after my mental breakdown and having to wait for those six months that I was like, I'm not waiting six months. And I just started pulling out my, you know, my psychology books and stuff like that because, you know, I used to be, I was a nursing student at one time before I ended up going into dispatching. And I was like, let me, let me see what's going on with me. And then like my doctor ended up, my doctor was at Baylor Scott and White here in Texas. And, and uh, they have a program to where while you're waiting to get, get seen by a psychiatrist that they, you basically get like a case manager And that case manager plays the middle person. So they say like, you talk to them and they talk to the psychiatrist and then it goes like that. And it was when, you know, the psychiatrist came back and was like, hey, you know, the psychiatrist want to talk to you real quick. And I was like, okay. And so he talked to me and he was like, you need to rewire your mind. And I was like, what is that? He was like, can you rewire your mind? And I didn't know what that meant and he couldn't really tell me. And that's when I just really started going on what he said and just started digging and started taking certifications and, and, and implementing the things that I was learning on myself. And in that process, that's when I started discovering what it truly meant to heal from trauma, what it meant to embrace your vulnerabilities, what it meant, how the benefits of breath work and meditation and the different types of journaling and therapeutic art. And I just started learning all of those, all of those things and learned how to really start truly healing and discovering who I was. That was the change for me. That was what made the true difference in everything was discovering those things and implementing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think caused you to have such a mental health process?
1: Okay. So the way that I explain it is, okay, say that we are a Jenga tower, you know, everybody plays Jenga at one point. And so we have our Jenga tower and we it's all stacked up all nice and neat and we're pulling, but every time it's pulled, it's, it leaves a hole. So for me the way that I can explain it is that every time we pulled, it was, it, um, it was actually a trauma, you know, that was pulling a piece of me out and leaving holes. And since I wasn't fully processing or fully healing from that trauma, it left that hole. And so it was the next one. And so finally, you know, that last piece got pulled that knocked everything down and I broke. And the way I, the reason I say that is because when I had one incident that reminded me of a previous trauma, but that trauma, it knocked everything else down. Like everything yeah. just went down and all of my traumas came back. You know, I've been sexually assaulted. I've been physically abused. I've I've had medical abuse. I've, you know, I've I've had all the emotional abuse and psychological abuse. I've had all of that. And at that point, it all just came and like all of my protective things came down. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have nothing stacked up for myself. And I was just down, like all of it came back. And so in the process of me rebuilding, I had to deal with from the beginning. And from the beginning, it was my fear of abandonment. And with the fear of abandonment led me to... Into all the other decisions I I made, you know, as being a follower and not a leader, of listening and doing what my friends would do, of not speaking up with myself, not speaking up for myself, of putting, you know, getting in situations that I knew I was like, okay, I don't think I should be here, but, you know, staying anyway, because I didn't want someone to look down on me. I didn't want anybody to leave me, whether that was family, whether that was friends, whether that was associates. I didn't want nobody to leave me. And so um I had to really deal with that fear of abandonment.
0: Yeah. Well did the abandonment
1: start young? Oh yeah. Um okay. my fear of abandonment um rooted from me growing up. Like so for so um I was actually I lived with my grandparents um since I can remember, you know, <laughs> since I was a baby. I've always lived with my grandparents. And my mom, like she was very present in my life, um, but I didn't live with her. And, you know, and and at one point, like she got married and her husband was in the military and they moved away and yeah. I didn't want to go. And so I got I stayed with my I stayed with my grandparents because that's all I knew. And it even got to the point to where, like, she left and she came back for a visit. And I was like, Mom, I want to go back with you. And so she packed. X my stuff for me to go back with her and we go to the airport. And back then it was when you could go all the way to the airport until all the way to the back until they were actually getting on the plane. So we could see her getting on the plane and everything. And I made it all the way back there. And it was time for me and her to get on the plane. I was like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> and so, you know, I stayed with my grandparents. And so I was always, I always lived with my grandparents. And so for me, it was that that, 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 like, I felt like I was missing something from her. And I would think that, you know, I was like, I wasn't good enough, or, you know, I, I, there was something that I did wrong, you know, as an adult, I can understand her position, you know, because she, she had me her senior year of high school and my grandparents wanted her to go out and explore life and live life and everything else. So, you know, they seen it as, they're doing their daughter a favor and their granddaughter a favor. And so, you know, that they are looking out for us and they're looking out for the best for us. And as a child, you don't always understand that. And then yeah. also as a child, you know, um, my dad, like, you know, he would come, he was, he was like in and out of my life kind of like he'll come visit me sometimes. But me and him would never, we never really had like a real relationship until adulthood. And so even then I was like, Like, you know, I knew my father stayed, you know, he always stayed like within 30 minutes from me, but I didn't really know him or his side of the family. And so I just felt like I wasn't good enough for neither one of my parents. And for that, I kept what I had. And if somebody came in my life, I kept you even if I knew you were doing me wrong. Yeah, that makes sense. I know a lot of people struggle with that because...
0: Um, well, you're a little bit older than me, but even my generation, a lot of grandparents raised kids, and you know, even if the parents were present, you know, the grandparents, my grandparents helped out with me a lot, and a lot of it had to do because my brother was being disabled. so, um, and my mom had to stay in the hospital. my dad was at work, so you know, I needed somewhere to go. But I understand that. and one thing. I was wondering, so your mom and your stepdad, did they have your sister that you started, you know, giving her advice and stuff in middle school?
1: Yeah. So my sister, she was with my mom for the majority of her life. Um, there was a brief moment to where she was with my grandparents. She was with my grandparents with me for a mm-hmm. little bit. But for the majority, she was with my with my mom. OK. And did y'all live nearby? Yeah. So for them, for the majority of, except for like, you know, when she moved away for a little bit uh, for the majority, my mom was always like within an hour from me.
0: Okay, because I was wondering, you said they moved with them being in the military and all.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, she moved away um, (laughs) once um, when she was married the first time or the second time she moved away. And I want to say they were in Alabama, I want to say. And I was in Texas. Okay. Um. But she's always been one to always come and visit, you know, she always came and visited and everything else. And so it was like, so, you know, like I said, like she was always present, but, you know, she wasn't where I was day to day, you know, I would go and spend weekends with her or stuff like that. But, you know, like I said, as a child, you're like, you just know that you're not there.
0: Yeah. You know how did your experience
1: growing up affect your parenting um i would say that with my parenting especially with um with my oldest so my oldest i had um i got pregnant with my oldest right after i had graduated high school and so with him um my grandparents tried to do me the same way they was like let us have him you go live life you know you know, get on your feet, go explore the things, do, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no. Yeah. And so my mom, like, she was like, well, you know, (laughs) funny thing is me and my, me and my mom was actually pregnant at the same time. She was pregnant with my youngest, with my youngest sibling. Yeah. So my youngest sibling is six weeks older than my my oldest. Yeah. And so she was like, let me have him They're going to go, you know, she was like, you know, he's going to be with your brothers because I have a brother who's a year and a half older than my son, two years older than my son. And so they were like, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to be together everything else. Let us have him then. And I was like, no, like I wouldn't, I, I rather be a single mom who's young and experience all of that than to let my child go with my mom or my grandparents because I had that fear of abandonment. And yeah. at that time, I couldn't really explain that to them or explain it in a way to where they could understand. I just like, no, he's mine. Like, I don't, I'm i not going to let him go. But, you know, like I tell my son and like I tell, you know, a lot of people, my son is what saved me. Because that's when I started to find my voice. And that's when I started to say no. And he saved me because I wanted more for my life. I wanted more for his life. And that's what truly got me started. Because before I was pregnant, I was still being so as real. I was very much a follower up until then. And that's when I really started to stand my ground. And start saying no. So, of course, saying no came along with losing, you know, friends. <laughs> yeah. so it, it, I went through that process. But, um, but it made me keep them closer. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, on the weekends when I didn't work or even when I did work, every weekend, my son was with um, either my grandparents or with my mom. That's when they had him. They had him on the weekends. Other Monday through Friday, I was mom. He was with me you know besides me being at work and him being at school he was with me and then you know on weekends if i didn't have plans for me and him to do something then that's when he went and he would stay with my grandparents or with my mom and everything else but you know i was i was very much into being a part of his life and showing up and 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 doing all the things you know all the things that like if if he would have something i would try my best to always be there and be present and of course like it got harder when he got older because you know he's in so much and me having to work and everything else it got harder and so there's things that I would miss and I would feel guilty about missing because I was like you know I was once that kid that was in sports and didn't have you know no one in the audience for me and I would feel bad and and everything I feel very bad about it and so I think I had, had like a little bit of guilt about it behind some of the things that like I couldn't do. I couldn't always be there, but at the same time, like talking to him now, um, of course he wished that I was present more at some of those things. Um, But at the same time, it gave him a sense of independence and got in, it got him out of his shell a little bit more. But like with my two youngest, their experience is different than My oldest, of course, because like I had my two, I waited, I waited until marriage and then I got, and then that's when I had my other two. So like I have a 21 year old and then I have a 12 and then my middle child, he'll about to be 14 next month. And so like they're, so they got, so they're all, they're being raised differently because now I'm more awakened. And then with my oldest, we grew up together.
0: Yeah. I know the feeling because I know my daughter saved me as well. <laughs> and she's over here <laughs> in the corner.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've seen her come over and everything. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's not my child."
0: <laughs> I'm a, okay, I'm a genius.
1: She's a genius. She
0: says <laughs> she is really smart. It's amazing how much they pick up on, um, as well. Definitely. How <laughs> much money I have? I yes. Have- 10 hmm got ten dollars. No, hold on, let me count. I forgot. Wait, <laughs> I have two. Okay,
1: she just had to say hey to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. <laughs> Look, you know, that's one um, but that's a good thing though, you know, that she's in there and that she's She's seeing, you know, what you do and the difference that you're making by showing up and being real and being authentic with, yeah. you know, with your podcast. I was listening to it and I was like, oh, I love this, you know, oh, because you're real authentic and you're you're being real about the experience. And I really, I really love and enjoy that. And so, like, um, I recorded a podcast with um with my daughter, and um it just came out yeah, it just came out today. And with that, I did it as leading by example, because um, she had came home last week and she was talking about um, her friendships at school and the way that she handled it. I was like, hold on. I started just asking her questions. And that's when she started telling me, you know, that she that she used her stress ball, and that she was doing her deep breathing and her five six seven and and just all the different skills and and then like I was asking her questions. and so we did a podcast episode, and just with her talking about that and how um her hearing and seeing me do different steps has taught her because like last year she was really a shy kid and um had anxiety attacks all the time at school. And this time she was able to, you know, handle herself differently this year. And her friend group is a lot bigger this year. And um, she was talking about, you know, how she goes to her brothers and she has certain friends. She only has certain friends that she knows that she can go to about certain things. And, and just really learning that, um, learning about having a healthy support system, even at 12. And so we were talking about that. and. And then like I've I've written a book called Empowered Women Inspired Vision. And with my kids, I tell them if they read something that is educational that they can get something from or learn something from, like I'll give them, I think I it's $10. And then if they write a little report about it of what they learned, I give them another $10. And so she had did one of those on my book. And so she was telling me like the things that she learned from it and everything else. And then like I did a a, I made an empowerment coloring book for women, and so it's like bringing in therapeutic art in our daily lives. It has like coloring pages and affirmations and empowerment statements and check in t- check in moments to help journal. And so it's like one of those all in ones, and and so she has one and she uses that. And so she was just saying like how us as parents, the things that we do can, you know, our kids can see. And they will, they will kind of react on it, which, you know, with something that we always say, but actually seeing the good that comes out of things that, you know, we do is like, is amazing. So I really love that. Like, you know, you're recording your podcast and your daughter's right there because, you know, she's going to remember that later. She was like, yeah, my mom did podcasting and, you know, and she's going to remember, you know, some of the conversations that you've had with people. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I actually muted it because now she's got the guitar over here stringing it a little.
1: <laughs> she's giving she's us like, some music oh. in the background. You yeah,
0: have music in the background the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that idea. Um, is there somewhere where I can find this little journal?
1: This is, uh, what is it? Empowerment Coloring Book for Women for by Crystal J. Like it has a coloring page and then over here it has like check-in moments. You can buy the coloring book on Amazon. You can get it on um, Barnes and Noble. And then you can also go to um, my site, crystalj.com, and I have it on there as well.
0: Okay, that's awesome. I'll put them in the show notes so everybody can find it. <laughs> Thank you so much about sharing your story today. Um, It's really inspiring. I love how you helped your little sister out. I always wish I had a sister. Um, I was the older child and I kind of liked being the older child. So, (laughs) but it probably would have been convenient to have an older sister to help me out. Yes. I had a younger brother. Um, I did not have a sister and yeah, I was the oldest, but we were really close. We were only 18 months apart. So, you know, we grew up together. Yeah. I always wish I had a sister. And then my parents did divorce when I was 18 so they stayed together my whole childhood but then you know whenever they got remarried um I still didn't get a sister. I got stepbrothers. <laughs> so <laughs> you know and now I'm about to be 30 so I give up on having a sister now. <laughs> but it's it's great to have, you know, female friends to go to and I really like the point you made where you you know you got certain friends my for life. certain things. <laughs> You yeah. know, but everybody, not every friend is the person when I, you need to cry to, you know, because maybe they right. don't have to comfort you or the person to celebrate with. Maybe that's the friend that you have to comfort. So, <laughs> you know, everybody's got their own different dynamics within themselves and the relationships yeah. and everything else. But thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you and I'll put all your links in the show notes as well.
1: Yes, you can find me on um Facebook at Crystal J21. Um, and then it's also you um Crystal J the Empowerment Goddess is also face uh, on Facebook. That is my um business page, and then you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok is the underscore empowerment underscore goddess. And then of course you can always hit me up on my um On my website, it's www.crystalj.com, and that is K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-J-A-E, and um, and everything is available there. There's even a section to where if you just want to connect and just have us um, just chat, there's a option under book online where it says, let's connect. And on that call, it's just an opportunity for you and I to get to know each other. I don't even sell you or anything else on that call. It's just a, hi, how are you? Um, And then I also have a Facebook group and that is called um, Women um, Healing from Trauma uh, with Crystal J. And so, you know, we're building a empowered healing um, community. And then of course, you can always listen to my podcast um empowered transformational healing with crystal j that is available on spotify youtube google Podcasts, all the good places
0: <laughs> thank you so much crystal hey
1: thank you